Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections on the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Cameron Norris. Welcome, one and all. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in so that we're able to see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then... Put it into action. Absolutely. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father Son, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear God, thank you for this moment. You are the God of now. Uh, thank you for just getting us here in the studio now, getting everyone listening uh, to listen now. And we're trusting that you are going to speak now. Just thank you for speaking to us through your word. And, uh, and we just open our hearts. Lord, please uh, reveal and heal any wounds in our hearts. Please... Just enlighten our minds to what your will is for our lives, and uh, just give us hearts that are so open and generous uh, to receive and to give everything that, that, that you want uh, us to share. So please bless us so we can be a blessing to others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Amen. Father, Son, Son Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? I would love to. Again, we're in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners to eat with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the one until he finds it? And when he does find it, He sets it on his shoulders with great joy, and upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman, having ten coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it. And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. The first sentence, tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to listen to Jesus. As I stopped and reflected on that part as you were reading, Cameron, Jesus is the Word of God, the Word made flesh. That's each and every one of our journeys, is to enflesh the Word of God, sacred scripture, the Holy Bible, 
and to live it in our daily lives, speak it through the words we share, because when we truly share the Word of God, not our own opinions, not our own great nuggets of whatever, we share the Word of God in all situations, especially sinners, tax collectors, people that are away from the Lord, they're drawn near to us. Why? Because we're called to be lamps that people come to that are drawn to us, and we point to Christ, signposts that point to the eternal banquet with our Father and Son and Holy Spirit. So for me, Lord, help me to enflesh the Word daily through my actions, my words, and my life's example. Help me to go as you did, Lord Jesus, out into this world with a heart that aches for the salvation of one soul. One day, one soul, use me for your purpose. I think it's so important for us that the tax collectors and the sinners represent people who have went into the world seeking the world's rewards, and it's like drinking salt water, thinking you're going to quench your thirst, it ends up killing you. You don't get what the true heart, that seed of faith in your heart desires, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So they're drawn. They've tried the one way. It hasn't worked. They're drawn to Jesus, the true living water come down from heaven that feeds the human soul, that feeds that seed of faith in the heart. So for me, help me to be open to all people all day and be a vessel of God's love in this world, that his love poured into me overflows from my heart into each and every human heart you bring into my life. Man, that's my journey. That's my journey. That's so good. And that's a daily thing. The Bible tells us, don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today. And today is a gift for all of us. But do we wake up with the idea, Lord, what what are we doing today? What do you want to do through me today? And then to be obedient when he prompts you, talk to that person. Just sit with that person and listen. Um, there's so many seeds that are out there that need watered, that need fertilizer, that need sun. And the way that the grand designer has designed things to do is to do things through people. And we are those people. So the idea that we get to play a role in advancing the kingdom of heaven for the king, it's astonishing. And we don't know what journey people are on, but if we're always listening for that still, quiet voice, that's when you're sitting next to somebody on an airplane or you're in a meeting with somebody and they come up and talk with you after, or your neighbor that you've lived next to for years, right? We get these interactions where, oh, okay, I'm just going to put a little water on this seed. Like, it's not, it's not our job to produce fruit from a situation. It's our job to make sure we don't come home at the end of the day with our buckets full of fertilizer and water and sunlight and seeds, right? We want to make sure today, Lord, what seeds are you putting in my pocket and where am I supposed to plant those? It, it's a daily thing. And don't, yeah, just the idea. I think sometimes even me, I can get distracted with, okay, this weekend or next weekend I have, the, that's when I'm, today, that's what you have. We have today. Today, you got some seeds in your pocket. Are you going to come home and go to bed with the seeds still in your pocket? Or are you going to look for some opportunities to get them out of your pocket and drop them off? Mm -hmm. and, 
And I'm talking about such simple things. I'm reminded, so we have a, a neighbor next door to us that's only lived there for a short period of time, just a few years ago. And I remember when they moved in, my wife and I were like, man, I want to get to get to know them. You know, let's let's make an effort to be kind to them and get to know them. And part of the process is, you know, hey, where do you go to church? And we found out right away that they were very, uh, they're on a different journey. They're on their own journey. Uh, I think it's no accident that, that they live next door to us. But when we were talking about church right away, they let us know that, uh, you know, God has no place in our lives. Uh, and they're very matter of fact about it. But then just through being kind and being a good neighbor to them, uh, we started. We invited them last year to a fundraiser at our our kids go to a, a private school in town here, and we invited them to the fundraiser. We bought them a meal ticket, and they came. And while they're there, they were like, "Man, this place is amazing." Well, this year school just started, and their oldest is starting kindergarten, and she's enrolled in this school uh-huh. because of that time wow. where the neighbors came and they were like, man, we got to give. So this is, the, the year's just starting now, but our kids have gone through the kindergarten program. And one of the things they start in kindergarten is they send home short Bible verses to memorize. And part of it is the interaction with the family and we were just talking about it last night, rejoicing. This family is going to be instilling the Word of God in their, they have two kids, this is their oldest, starting kindergarten. And what that's going to do in their hearts, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm already looking to the future. The future's bright for them. Like, there's no way that that Word is coming back void. They're, they're, and we know the Scriptures because wow. we've done it three times, and they start in kindergarten with, you know, fundamental Scriptures. And... uh like John three sixteen, you know, and they do it for a month till it's like memorized. And what that does when the word, when the bread of life gets into you, it feeds you. It feeds your spirit. It's not. It's going to get past the mind. It's not just a, a memorization thing. You get that in you. But again, that's the idea of when a new neighbor moves in. Are we looking at that as wonder what that person can do for me? Or we look at that as, okay, Lord, what's my role in this? And at the beginning, it was just be kind to them. Mm. And we have. I mean, we, yeah. So, and to see what's happening now, a year and a half later, oh, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Wow. What a, what a miracle. I, I was, as you're sharing that about memorizing Bible verses, I, I listened to a story. There's a Lead Like Jesus movement. You ever heard of that with uh, some... Um, uh, the founder of Chick-fil-A, his son's oh, okay. involved, and a couple other, uh, the guy who wrote The One Minute Manager. Okay. Uh, Blanchard, is that his name? I don't know. Yeah, so some Christian business executives uh, started Lead Like Jesus. And one of the women that was presenting on this uh, DVD series that I had was sharing a story of her husband just dropping after cutting the grass. And she had a ambulance came. She's following the ambulance. She's calling her son from college. And she, scripture is just coming, flooding into her mind and her heart. 
consoling her during this process. And she remembers back to grade school or some time in youth yeah. where she had to memorize 300 Bible verses in order to go to this summer camp. And she wanted to go to that summer camp and she invested the whole year memorizing these Bible verses and they were just coming back yep. and flooding her mind and her heart during this incredibly traumatic traumatic time. Yeah. So, um, you know, just a, a real life story as to like, why would you do that? I mean, the Lord yeah. wants to bless us with his word and yeah. how can he bless us with his word if we, if we don't know his word? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome that, that the school does that. And, and I think the more obedient we are, the more opportunities we'll see. And it's like, sometimes faith is a risk. Like, I don't know, should I say this to this person? Should I not say this to this person? And it's like, well, where did that thought come from? And and if you can identify that voice or that thought, where it comes from, and you're obedient with it, well, well then you, you could, you're a child that can be trusted with something. And then, hey, I'll give you something else. Okay, I see that you're obedient with that. And I think... Part of that, too, is just making sure we search our hearts for, Lord, I want to be obedient to your voice in my heart. We don't want to get to a point where it's like, okay, I can only trust you up to this point. If we're going from one point to another, we don't want to be a blockage in, okay, at this point, I'm good. I'm just going to be self-sufficient now. We can't, we can't let that enter. We, we got to be obedient with today, obedient with tomorrow, and so on and so on. It's amazing. As you were sharing in the beginning, you talked about the future and the past and, and the gift, and it reminded me of a prayer by Father George. When I was in Ethiopia with him, we were visiting different orphanages. He gave me these words of the nuggets of wisdom that I just never forgot. He said, David, the past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. God doesn't live in the past. It's a trap of the enemy meant to rob and steal the gift of the present moment. He said, in David, the future, that's in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. It's like the what if roller coaster ride. What if this happens? What if she says this? What if he does that? What if, what if, what if the economy? What if, what if COVID? What if, what if? He said, it's another trap of the enemy meant to rob and steal the gift of the present moment. David the present moment is a gift from God to be opened and lived in love. And as you were sharing, Cameron, you talked about the gift, but too many people walk around with that gift all day long. They get home, they put it up on a shelf. They never open it. When we realize that the gift of our very life each day, when we take the time to give that first fruit of the beginning of the day to God, to receive him, to consume him in the word of God, to take that time to just reflect and ask the Father, what do you want me to do, to do today? Please bring people into my life that I can make a positive impact on. When we take that first fruit of the day and we give it to God, then God allows us through the, his grace to open that gift he's given us and then take him into the world to live that gift in love. The present moment is a gift from God that we're called to live in in love. And it's so important because God wants to use us every day to be world changers. And like this scripture talks about, for the salvation of one soul, one lost sheep, how does God want to use you today? Is it about money? Is it about a good time? Is it about a football game? Or is your mission every day 
co-mission, joined with the mission of Christ, which is the salvation of souls. I think when we get our hearts righted, it makes your life a great adventure. It's why Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price to set us free, to have that life in abundance when we turn to him. Repent of our sins. It calls it out to here a couple different times. Repent of our sins, metanoia, turn away from our sin, and then live a life Christ-centered so that we can be Christ in the world, in, through, and with our uniqueness. Signposts that point the internal banquet with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm. Now that's the abundant life. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's precious. That's beautiful. As you're sharing, I'm, I'm reading here a little bit more, and it's standing out to me about when he finds, the, it talk, at the beginning, for the sheep, until he finds it, and when he finds it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. Upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. He doesn't, it, it, the scripture doesn't read, he goes, grabs the sheep, Throws it in the pen, puts it in the fence, moves on and goes finds the next one. He takes so much joy and he's picking up the sheep. He's putting it on his shoulders. He's calling his friends. He's calling his neighbors. Let's celebrate. Let's rejoice. Let's not forget great joy and rejoicing should be part of our lives as well. The idea of why we have a, a, a cool God story about things that are happening with our neighbors or our coworkers or our friends Make time for joy, right? Mm-hmm. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy. Let, let's make sure we're celebrating the good things. And, and I, I love doing this with our kids, the idea of they're young. They come home with a piece of artwork that sometimes, <laughs> you know, ends up filed in the trash can because they're, they're bringing artwork home every day. But the joy that you get when you celebrate it with them and why did you use this color? Oh, I love this. I mean, they just light up. I think it's important to not let those things that come up every day just go to the wayside. Don't pick up that sheep and throw it over the fence. Gather people around. You got to hear this story. This amazing thing happened. Let's take let's take some time to pause and have some joy. Have some rejoicing. Be thankful. Be grateful. Not just, okay, did that assignment? Give me the next one. Did that assignment? Give me the next one. I don't think that's how the kingdom works. I mean, you can go all the way back to the Old Testament, like the year of Jubilee. It was that important that the Lord set up days, weeks to feast, to rejoice. Let's set a feast for everybody. Stop what you're doing. Get around the table. Get all the food. Get everybody together. Have fun. I think that's part of life, too. It, so as much as there's times to put our head down and get something done, there's also times to say, Lord, that was amazing. When I put my head down with you and we got on that assignment, we got something done there, whoa, let's celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Let's celebrate with the same way he's putting that sheep on the shoulders. He's calling people together. He has great joy, and he says, we need to celebrate this. And then the same thing happens the second half of this parable with the woman. She finds the coin. She does the same thing. She gets together her friends, her neighbors, and says to them, Rejoice with me because I found the coin that I lost. And how much more should we be celebrating and rejoicing and be full of joy 
when so we get to see some of the fertilizer that we mm-hmm. dropped off, some of the water that we dropped off, some of the sunshine we dropped off, changes somebody's heart. And now you're talking to those people about spiritual things. And now people are talking about Jesus being Lord of their life. There's no better time to stop what we're doing and celebrate that one of the ones that was lost is now found. It's huge. It's huge. Wow. And in that celebration, do we include Jesus, right? Do we celebrate with him just in our our one-on-one time, our private time to celebrate with, with Abba, just letting... Sharing the uh, the the excitement and the joy, um, yeah, that's awesome, Cameron. And there's two stories told here. The first one is with the sheep being found, all of heaven knows that in through with Jesus Christ, there's a celebration in heaven. But God's saying, don't stop there. Tell your God stories. Tell your God moments, because I want that same celebration to be done in with your friends. Tell your God stories. Tell how God used you today, because it's in the telling of those stories that more people come to know Christ. So for me, it's a challenge for me. You know, don't just, it's it's me in heaven, we're all good to go, celebrate heaven. No, 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 no. That's one part. Second part is celebrate here on earth. Invite your friends to hear your stories. Share with them, your kids especially, family members, how God used you this day. Mm-hmm. How did he use you this day? Because those stories, those divine appointments, those God moments, those heavenly kisses, they pierce the heart. Mm-hmm. They do. And they help people come into that deeper intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and something to be aware of, the enemy likes to tell us, hide things, right? Uh, keep things, you, you know, put on a good face in front of other people. And I, I just sharing that, I'm thinking back. I remember when we were young... And so single mom and uh, me and my brother, I remember, you know, there's times where there wasn't enough money for groceries, that kind of stuff. And instead of like my mom putting on a good front for us, she was like, let's get together. Let's pray about this. And it was like, when the miracle happened, you, you knew it was a miracle to be celebrated because you do the pain an hour ago. She mm. could have said, okay, how do I put on a good front for the kids, and how do I fake that? We're... No, she brought us into the pain. She brought us into the reality so that when the breakthrough happened, when the miracle happened, we all got to celebrate and rejoice together. But I think there's so many times, too, where, yeah, if you were hiding some pain or some hurt, then when the miracle happens, it's like, well, I can't tell them about the miracle because then that exposes hmm. what I was hiding from them. So I think that's a tool that the enemy uses. He doesn't want, he he wants you to put on a fake persona so that when the Lord breaks through, you want to keep that hidden as well because, but so what I'm saying is it's so important to share those stories. And even if there's times where something was hidden and a miracle happens, all the better to share the full story. And that's part of being vulnerable. Hey, I didn't want to tell anybody this part of it, but the Lord broke through and whoa. And then those are the times where it's like, no way. Hey, I'm going through that too. I can't believe you just told me that story. It's so often in telling those stories, it opens up the vulnerability for other people to say, hey, me too. How, how did you, I'm in that now. I, I don't know. I, I feel like my hands are tied. Oh, let's talk about this. Yeah. 
You know, it's interesting because <clears throat> what God's not saying to do is walk around gloomy, down. Do you know what I'm going through? This is terrible. And just start that whole rhetoric of negativity. I just share with a friend of mine what I've been going through since April. He said, I didn't know. No, but he's watched me filled with joy. He's watched me in prayer. He's watched me walk. He knew something was happening, but not the full story. Now that he heard the full story, he's like, but I didn't see you moping. Right. Distressed and filled with anxiety. Why is that? That's because my trust is in the Lord. This is his battle. I'm called to stand and hold, arm up with the armor of Christ. But this is the Lord's battle. And each day as he shares a new story, a new element that he's working on, it's like, whoa, this is amazing. So I think it's so important as we walk through life, don't think that everybody you see just has this wonderful, rosy life. There could be people that are passing in their life. There could be tragedies in their children. There could be big issues in their businesses. We don't know their story. So again, love each person as Christ loves us and be that instrument of God's Mm. love, mercy, and compassion to everybody every day. Mm. And it's safe to say that if we gave everybody the benefit of the doubt that something was going on, most times we're going to be right that something is going on. We don't need to know, but just treat them as if we do know, because if we knew, then we would treat them with you know, a little extra kindness. But if we just did that with yeah. everybody. And one yeah. of the most practical examples I could think of, I love saying to strangers, is there anything I could be praying for you? Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you were created to be a world changer. God wants to use you as an instrument in the salvation of souls. Say your yes, repent of your sins, Trust in the Lord and go out there and set this world ablaze in the love of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, don't underestimate your role in the salvation of souls and in God's kingdom coming to this earth. God bless each and every one of you. As we continue to say our yes, let's continue to get into the word, absorb the word, consume the word, and then like Christ did, enflesh the word to all the world. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.